everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and Logan Ketterling is back. I'm back. Wow. Uh, we missed you, buddy. <laughs> I missed you all as well. Everybody, you know, I got I got hundreds of emails saying <laughs> we miss Logan on the, hundreds. On the podcast. Actually, I did get a couple messages uh, asking if Logan and the global team made it home safe. So people are listening to the podcast. People we are, are home safe. Dude, uh, in just a second, I want to I want to hear about all God did on the global team, mm-hmm. and also with what's happening in Israel, and kind of what's breaking out there. Wh- what was it like being in that part of the world, and how did the global team do in experiencing some of that stuff? And then, um, I mean, I know the answer to it, but did it cut the trip short? What was that like uh, in in getting home? So, but before we jump into that, I just wanted to highlight the fact that this week. Uh, what you oversee in looking after influence as well as our network, and you've got a team of people uh, helping. We want to resource as many churches as possible. Every person on staff, we we know that our job is not just our job, but it's also to resource other churches. We don't want to just be so focused, internal focus on River Valley, but if there are things that we're doing well or things that we've learned from our mistakes, can we help resource other churches? So this week we've been hosting, uh, and your team set it up, uh, we hosted an executive pastor roundtable with uh, just over a dozen executive pastors, and then also simultaneously hosting a campus pastor roundtable with the same number of campus pastors. These are executive pastors and campus pastors from around the country that either drove in or flew in uh, to be a part of a two-day deal. And so it's been a joy to meet some of these pastors and just talk about what God's doing at River Valley Church. Some of the things that we talked about with the campus pastors, uh, first and foremost, to be a great campus pastor is to embody the vision of your lead pastor. We talked about... uh, what a successful weekend looks like, not just success, successful service, but everything from uh, talking about waking up together. There are some campuses, they you know, they show up at Starbucks. or Not literally shop. waking up together. Not, yeah, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you almost stepped in it there. Uh, sorry, on Sunday morning, many of our campuses do a call time at a coffee shop yeah. before set up, you know, if you're Maple Grove or Chaska. Like waking up or, your eyes together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we, we don't wake up at church together, but we wake up together before that, again, <laughs> not <laughs> at in Starbucks. each other's home. Uh, but yes, that's so funny. It's goofy. But with staff and interns and sometimes a setup teardown crew, uh, we grab a cup of coffee together, hang out, how's everybody doing? And then we roll into church, uh, driving in, and then uh, talked about team rally, talked about uh, how we take care of our interns, uh, flow of service, all of that to make Sundays successful. We talked about staffing, uh, leading our staff, leading our teams. Uh, Talked about the campus pastor as general manager. That's kind of like business term, but the idea is the campus pastor really has to know how do we do kids ministry? How do we do youth? How do we do young adults? How are we doing discipleship? how to lead deacons and coaches um, and, and leaning in there. And then the the reason, the other reason I'm bringing it up, not just for the awareness of our church that we do things like that, but also uh, we talked about uh, the, the tiers of campuses, the strategic growth model that we're actually more recently stepping into. And it's this idea that campuses that are that are uh, zero to 500, the goal is how do we reach 500 people as fast as possible? And then that next tier is how do we reach 1,000 people as fast as possible? And then if it's a campus, uh, Apple Valley, Shockby, Crosstown, uh, city campuses is getting close there. How do we double 
as fast as possible or launch a new location out of the current campus. And so for the congregation, you're, you're listening. We, we believe that it's God's heart for our church to grow, to see every campus grow and reach more people, uh, to see the, the kingdom of God expand, uh, not just around the world. We, we have a missional heart and we, we, our heart is global, but to see Maple Grove and Chaska and Faribault and Woodbury and Egan and Appleville, every single campus grow. And you're a part of our church and, and we want you to be a part of our church, not just as consumer, but to say, how can I help this place, place grow? We're going to, we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive or discussion on this weekend's message, which was the power of an invite. And, and we'll get there in a second, but uh, anything that you would want to add about the round table, or just about the heart that we have, not just to resource other churches, but to grow. We want to reach more people here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, it's it's the heart of our church. It's the heart of Jesus, the Great Commission, right? It's go out into all the world making disciples. I've heard some pastors say, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you know, the church no longer becomes about you. It becomes about other people. And, and I understand it. But it's both and, right? Yep. It's about you to equip you so that you can help others, but also so that you can be equipped. And so I think that for those who feel like, oh, it's, all you care about is the next thousand, that's not true. We care about both. Yep. But, you know, you read the parable of, of the, sh- the lost sheep, and it says Jesus leaves the 99 for the one. The 99 are like, all you care about is the next right. one. Right. But it's like, no, I've been tending to you. I'm your, still your shepherd. I'm yep. coming back to you. Yeah, and you're safe. Right, you're safe. I, I'm protecting you. And so I think it's it's both and. It's that Jesus cares about all of his sheep, but that sometimes you got to go find the one that's lost. And and other times you have to take care of the ones and fight the lion and the bear and fight the, the things that are coming to steal your church and you know the things in culture that are trying to divide the church and all of that. And so it's all of the above, but but it's through the lens that there are people who don't yet know that Jesus is the way, or maybe they've their culture or their past experience or their hurt or their shame or whatever it is has has masked the true revelation that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. And that's what we're here trying to do in this city. And for those who live in this city in Minneapolis, or maybe you are watching online and you live all over the world, the world needs Jesus. <laughs> Yes. There's plenty of people left, both here in our city as well as all around the world that need the message of Jesus. Yeah, the world needs Jesus is not just a worship song that our team wrote and that we sing and it gives us good feelings. It is true that the world needs Jesus and you as a listener to this podcast, you have a part to play. I have a part to play. Um, We are not living for the good old days. And I'll, I'll speak to, you know, there's, there's probably a handful listening that you've been a part of our church for a good number of years now, and that you, you have had seasons, or maybe you're currently in a season where it is a sweet season in ministry. 
and I, I don't mean vocational ministry. I, I mean a part of the church. You love your small group. You love the ministry that you're involved in. You love the serve team that you're on. You love that you got a global team coming up. You're really enjoying the weekend messages, or you love that your teenagers being ministered to. Like you're in this sweet season. But can I tell you, praise God for the season, but we're not living for the good old days. I gotta I gotta say, man, this small group's been great, but now we need to multiply it. Hey. That global team was good. What's the next one we're going to go on, and who am I bringing with? Um, how do how do I encourage my teenager to invite friends and not get comfortable? Comfortability and convenience. Uh, we gotta we gotta run from that, and we gotta get uncomfortable to say we've not arrived as a church and we will not arrive until we get to heaven. And until then we got to get as many people into the family of God as possible. And yes, we got to care well uh, for the people that are a part of our church. Yes, we got to disciple well. And, and yes, we care about the 99, but, but we'll leave the 99 for the one. And it, it leads us into the weekend message. But, but, before we talk about the power of an invite, uh, I, I know you're 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 probably still jet lagged a little bit, but yep. upside down on time and all of that. Again, welcome home. Tell us about Global Team Jordan. It was a great team. Um, it was an awesome team. We obviously can't share much about the people we worked with there specifically, just for their safety. But Jordan's a beautiful country. It is a part of the promised land in some ways, uh, but but obviously Israel is that. But it's a beautiful country. It's for sure Bible lands. Yeah, I mean, we we you know we were in Amman, which if yeah, you Amman. if you read yeah if you read the Bible you read about the Ammonites, that's Amman. Yeah, crazy. And so if you read you know some some biblical history there, when David was in Jerusalem, he saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof he ended up getting her husband, Uriah, killed. That was in Am the Ammonite land, so in Amman, presumably, where the battle was being fought, where the where the war, or where the soldiers... Sent him to the front line, yeah. all the soldiers backed down. So that's there. Uriah got killed. We went down to Madaba, which is the region where John the Baptist would have been brought to be beheaded. Crazy. So there's a lot of Bible history there, which is really cool. But... It's now a country that's predominantly predominantly Muslim. Mm -hmm. We met some uh, people who are former former Muslim background believers. Yep, and heard their testimonies, which was incredible. Obviously, when we got there, the day after we got there is when Hamas attacked Israel, October seventh. Yeah, it was that Saturday. So we got there on the Friday. Yep, and it was that Saturday. So then. The whole time we're there, we're dealing with this. And for all those who are like, you should have came home immediately. We didn't know what was really happening. But also Jordan, I mean, the king of Jordan, he didn't want riffraff. Like, Jordan's a kingdom. And so they're kind of, in some ways, the Switzerland of the Middle East. They're friends with everyone and kind of enemies with everyone. They let the United States use the airport for their supply runs but they also have a peace treaty with Israel, but the king shared his support for the Palestinian people because that one out of every three Jordanians is Palestinian. And so there's a lot of tension and conflict there that I think kind people... Kind of spider Yeah, but people don't give the grace to and understand that. And so we ended up coming home a couple of days early, just felt like it was the right decision. Um, but we, we were still there for a good amount of time. The team 
did an amazing job and we got to meet meet just different people who we did english you know clubs things like that but just got to meet people got to experience the country of course you know feel free to connect with me i'm happy to share more offline yeah. but overall just have a heart for i mean it was my seventh or eighth country that i've been to in the muslim world and so i've spent a lot of time i lived actually in lebanon for a time and so i kind of was personally conflicted caught up in the midst of this uh not because i'm conflicted about the terrorist attacks what happened obviously it's evil and horrible but the people of jordan are very pro-palestinian yeah and so they would see us as americans and kind of yell free palestine and like yell at us and not not in like a violent way but just in kind of a joking way but realizing that maybe our government is not in support of what their government's doing yeah i mean our government is definitely standing by israel right which which in some ways i'm surprised like i knew that we would stand by israel but I, i'm surprised in how much support both on the right and the left has happened like president biden and uh Secretary of State Blinken, just all of it. I'm I'm kind of surprised, and I know it's not. This isn't a geopolitical war podcast we're talking about. But as I was over there, <laughs> wait, somebody's like, wait, this is not a geopolitical <laughs> war podcast. I thought this. I clicked I on the wrong thing. Was, yeah. But it was interesting. Even people over there that were asking about it. Hey, we saw President Biden voice support, which this was something that I'd never thought of. And this this leans down a political rabbit trail, but it's super interesting. So obviously we know that President Biden is very old, right? He talks like Yeah, it's a fact. It's a fact. He talks like people in nursing homes. Like Yeah, no offense. It's a it's a fact, right? What's crazy to me though is other countries, if they don't speak English, every time they hear a statement from the US president is through a translator. Yeah, it's so true. they don't even know that he's like as I mean they can see they, how old he yeah, is. They might be able to tell. <laughs> But I'm saying it's through a translator. They're hearing it in perfect whatever language they speak, and so they don't know that he's stuttering over. I'm just saying that was an interesting fact. That yeah, I guess that is interesting. But the it's, other okay, here's the, the translator other, has a lot of power. They do. Here's the other thing that I wanted people to to know, and then we can answer questions and move on from this because I know you talked about it a little bit last week, but it's the hot topic right now. They get different news than we do. What? Well, but but I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now you're making me feel stupid. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm trying I'm, to protect the sensitive ears. Uh, you know, people are like, I can't believe they're talking about politics on this. No, but podcast. I'm just. They get different news in that the 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 way that we hear it of the the chain of events of what happened, they're hearing it differently. And I'm not going to get into all of no, like totally. what they heard. But yeah, totally. It's, if you know, if you say, "Hey, Kirk punched me." And say no, no, no! It was Logan punch first. It's like there's a lot of that going on to where what I was reading on my own Twitter, yep, or reading in my own news app that was U.S. news compared to what some of the people were showing us and what was on TVs there is totally different. Yeah, no, it's true. And so that's just something that I think is a great reminder for all of us when we're staying vigilant in what we're watching is the assumption that well, how can people believe that? Yep. Well, when all of your news feed is a certain way and you don't you don't have any reason to believe it's not true, why wouldn't you think a certain way? And so it does it made me re think that the media has a ton of power. I mean, I've already thought that, but I think it is important for us as Christians to know that we are being fed a western narrative, a United States narrative, a Republican Democrat narrative, and it doesn't mean that I'm saying the other side's right. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. But 
it it does help us to say, let's understand we are being fed a narrative yep. locally in the United States, in the West, that other people aren't experiencing. Now, I do think the West has a lot of Judeo-Christian values that still remains, which is awesome. Yep. I do think there's a lot of things we should celebrate, most things we should celebrate about the West compared to other parts of the world. But I do think we still need to acknowledge that we are seeing it through a biased lens. And in our biases, we need to we need to look through Scripture and exactly. say, is that Western view aligning with Judeo-Christian values? Or is that Western view? Because, I mean, like, you take example, like, the nuclear family. In most other countries, they're fighting or, or they have a stronger sense of nuclear family than the West does today. Yeah. Maybe 50 years ago it wouldn't be the case. But around the world, even though there's a lot of sin involved, they still, there's not as much, like, if people are getting married, they're staying married, even if they're not you know, strong marriages by our standards. Yep. They're still staying married. And, you know, even in, in Jordan, a lot of them are arranged marriages. Yep. But they're still getting married, and there's not as much divorce that is happening. Yep. Now, that it, it's not because of the West, but it's because our culture is now shifting to where less people are getting married, more people are getting divorced, there's more promiscuity. And so we shouldn't celebrate that. Yep. In our country, abortion is... A, a big topic a lot of people do in eastern culture it's not as big of a deal or at least in the middle middle eastern culture yep. in asia it is but in middle eastern culture that's not as big of a, a sin that's dealt with there because yep. they they don't do that as much yep. doesn't mean it doesn't happen but i just again i think it's helpful to understand we are after a biblical lens yep. many times it's conveniently lined up with some of the things our country's st- stood for things like slavery things like other things that haven't been uh, aligned with scripture we fought against and we should continue to fight against so anyways that's just my soapbox no it's, it's a good soapbox and i think also just the more you travel the world and get a global uh, sense too you see strengths and weaknesses of every culture even just what you said about uh marriage and maybe there's less divorce happening but also that guy's got seven wives right. so it's like yeah it's or like, he's oh, got okay, a mistress you know. and yeah like yeah. japan their their divorce rate's a lot lower but almost every man like has a mistress or sleeps with prostitutes. <laughs> so it's like just because yeah. they're staying married doesn't mean it's a good thing. There's pros and cons to everything. Yeah, yeah. High honor, uh, honor shame culture right. uh, means I can't actually really discuss or disagree. And so now I'm going to deal with that and bottle it up. And I'm dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. Uh, that there is a dark underbelly to I think just like there is a dark underbelly to our culture here in America. Well, I heard while we were over there, someone was talking about how. There's a, I don't know who it is, but a philosopher who said they actually think the U.S. is shifting to an honor and shame culture. Interesting. To where you no longer are valued by the merits of your, of what you do for society, but by whether or not you're shamed, like cancel culture, all of those things, yep. to where it's actually not as much a meritocracy as it used to be, and it's shifting towards honor and shame. And when I, I hadn't heard that before, but when I heard it, I thought, you know what? I don't think it's entirely true. But I think that there are a lot of remnants of that that we've not seen before. Again, you have college campuses that are coming out in support of things that they have no idea what they're doing right. because it's like, oh, is that is that a good thing to do? Um, I saw a comedian. And he, I would agree with it if if they said we're moving towards a shame, shame. Yeah, yeah, shame, shame. <laughs> shame, shame culture. I, I saw a comedian, and he, he was just a spoof, but he was like, I don't know who to voice my support for because on one side, like if I post an Israel flag, a bunch of people are blasting me about that. But all the people that that 
you know, I didn't think would support it are supporting it. And so what do I do? Like, like how, how do I get the most social media clout? Which flag do I post? <laughs> just, and I'm not dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with so much stress and anxiety about what flag yes. I should post. Uh, it, it is interesting. We don't have to talk about it further, but, uh, you know, you, when you think about, even when you talk about flags, they're, they're, there are some groups that you would think make no sense. It makes no sense that this subgroup culturally would be in support of this subgroup religiously or culturally. You're saying like transgender no people for Palestine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you, if we just want to talk about <laughs> I'm it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it makes no sense because uh, if you move to that country, even though you're going to put up the Palestinian flag, if you move to that country because of the religious beliefs, right. I mean, you might get thrown off a roof right. uh, if you're also flying yeah, it seems the rainbow flag. But that's why, as a pastor and as a Christ follower, you it's like, what is the answer? What's the solution? How do we move forward? And it is like the Bible is... The Bible is level set. Jesus is the foundation stone. He's the rock that will not be moved, and uh, and and He is the answer. And we we have to look at all of this stuff through a bi- biblical lens. And we haven't said it yet. And since we're kind of just in, in the topic of conversation, like nations are going to do what nations do, and, and we see wars and rumors of war wars in the Bible. Um, and we can also still, um, we, you know, you can you, you can be a part of the the pro Israel. We're going to stand with Israel, which we, Pastor Rob had us make a statement like we, we are for peace, and we're standing with Israel, and we're praying for Jerusalem, all of that, and we can grieve in the loss of innocent life. Right. And so, um, can I share one more on, thing on, on both that? sides? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was thinking about that while I was over there. And when I got back, I was talking to some people about this and I think there's a few places we can be. And I don't want to like speak on behalf of like right. the Christian faith or obviously don't want to take anything away from what people are feeling. Technically, I think you are an ambassador though. I mean, that's biblical. Try to be. <laughs> I know. Just kidding. So, I think there are multiple places you can be as a Christian and standing standing in solidarity. I don't love the word because it's been hijacked, but it's true with the people of both sides. I think you every Christian should acknowledge the initial and and you can argue who who responded it butchering people in their homes, murdering people at a music festival is heinous, it's evil, it's terroristic. We should always condemn that. There's, yeah, there no should doubt. be no questions. The fact that there are even questions about that is bizarre to me. Yep. But there are, because we live in an evil world. As a Christian, we should 100% condemn that. The tension point where I think we can live as believers is in war. I think, I think you could be somebody who is a pacifist yep. and, and follow Jesus. I think you could be somebody that works in the military and protects people and even potentially killing people yep. in, in protection, not murder, not, not going out of your way. You but know, if people, yeah, but if people surrender and just mur- mauling people, like that's not good either. Right. But I think there's a middle ground to where we as Christians need to ask ourselves, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? And can I live in that tension and trust that other people can live in that tension as well and and discuss some people you you uh, the movie hacksaw ridge the seventh day yep. adventist he said i can't kill a man but i'll go out and i'll save people yep. it's a beautiful story right but amazing, ev- ev- amazing. yeah everyone has to ask that for themselves but i believe you can live in that biblical realm where i think on the other side where we get 
we get um, beyond that is where people say, serves the entire people group right, shell them to smithereens, turn Gaza into a parking lot. I don't care about any of the lives because if they support those terrorists, they get what's coming for them. I think we've probably gone beyond. Yeah, swung the pendulum too yeah, far. Yeah, and, and that's you're trying to take justice into your own hands. And, and yes, we read stories in the Old Testament about cities that were wiped out and the Lord, the Lord says, kill the children, kill the women, because he's protecting the bloodline of Jesus. There's a lot of theology around that. But I think that if we become so calloused to people and, and put them in a group that is they are the ones who are committing this atrocity and evil against us. And I'm not talking about the actual people that are, but a people group, I believe that's where Jesus would say, hey, remember those Samaritans? Remember those Palestinian people? Remember those fill-in-the-blank group that you have an issue with? Those are the people that I want you to pray for. Those are the people that I want you to lay your life down for. And so that's where, again, live in that tension of the middle ground to say, was that response proportionate? Do I agree? Do I disagree? You can, as a Christian, we can talk about it. We can debate about it. Do I think it's always helpful? No. Right. But we shouldn't be, I stand in support of terrorists because they've been under Israeli occupation or yeah. the other side, I want you to blow these people to smithereens. Like, neither of those are biblical positions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something that I'm thinking about is just because I'm a Bible-believing Christian doesn't mean I should act like I have the ability and wisdom to lead a nation. Right. And just because I'm not leading a nation uh, doesn't mean I shouldn't stand on the Word of God and live as a Bible-believing Christian. So, right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't—the solution is Jesus, and that that's not to oversimplify it, but we're going to stand on His Word, and we can grieve the loss of innocent life, and that's not comparison—that's not a comparison of one side versus the other side. It's, it's no, we, we want to see people live. We want to see children live, um, and— we are praying for peace, and it, there needs to be supernatural intervention. I think a, right. a future podcast we could talk about, is this the war from Ezekiel 38? Uh, who knows, but uh, now is not the time. Jordan asked, what's the purpose of this podcast? What's the vision for this podcast? <laughs> well, we've taken a, a hard right turn towards... Um, Jordan a person, not the country. Uh, oh, yeah, Jordan, yeah. A person. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've taken a hard right turn uh, towards what's happening in the world. Uh, it's actually, it's a great question and something worth verbalizing. I do believe that this podcast is to help resource our church um, in a little bit deeper dive into the things we're learning as a church. So it could be focused on the weekend message. This weekend was Power of the Invite. We still have yet to talk about that. But um, but then also a part of the purpose is to talk about what's happening in the world that can't take up all of the time in the pulpit on the weekend. And so Pastor Rob can't address everything, and we're not trying to be Pastor Rob either, uh, but we're trying to say, hey, this is happening in the world. We talk about it in the office as pastors and on staff and even with Pastor Rob. I'm, I'm in a campus pastor text thread with Pastor Rob, and we're, we're texting about what's happening in the Middle East today. Um, even as we're recording this podcast. And so I, th I thought it would be really valuable to at least press record on some of the conversations we already have in the office about what God's doing in our church, about what we're learning from the Word of God, and what's happening in our world so that the congregation can hear how are our pastors and leaders digesting 
all of this stuff that we're also digesting. And if anything, it helps you hopefully it's a discipleship tool, but you as the listener go, oh man, I'm I'm not the only one digesting this. And pastors are living in the real world too. Right. And how should we talk about this? And what's good language? And what are handles? And I don't have to be afraid to say X, Y, and Z. I don't have to be nervous. And, and that's why I appreciate the dialogue. I, I'm happy to host it on my own, or sometimes you'll host it on your own. Uh, and eventually we'll have other voices that join as well. But I, I love the back and forth of like, Oh, there's a there's a strength in how we talk about certain topics, and as a Christ follower, I don't have to be afraid about talking about certain topics, especially when it's something that's biblical. Right? Yeah, and and hopefully it's valuable. I mean, I I think that our our podcast is not just because Kirk and I want to sit down. And it's nice that we get to chat every week, but we want it to be valuable for the people listening too. So I think that's where we ask questions every week on Instagram or you can DM us or whatever. And we want to know what is on your mind because we want to help in the best way possible. And so I think that whether you listen because you like hearing Kirk and I go back and forth or you're listening because you actually have questions or you want to just stay up to date with what's going on. I think the goal of this again is that extension point. And sometimes it's, it's nice to just hear somebody else say it Yeah, and go, Oh yeah, I've thought that, but, Kirk thinks that. Oh, Logan doesn't think that. Oh, they actually disagree. And it's okay to disagree in about certain things, you know, not today necessarily, but just in general, like, oh, that was an interesting way to put that, or I've never thought about it that way, yep. or just all of those things that can be beneficial. And I think it's a lot of times as Christians, especially a part of a church, it's do I have a space where I can ask these types of questions that is comfortable enough to where then people are willing to talk about this with hundreds or thousands of people listening in and it's audio only right now so it's a little bit easier where it's like you can't take a clip of it and post it on social media although maybe that'll change soon somebody's gonna post a clip just because you said that probably true probably true but i hope that in the future we can have valuable we'll have valuable clips and and we will have video eventually yeah yeah eventually um so we're we're if, if you didn't know, we sold our central building uh, months ago, and then we're moving into a new central building in Burnsville, the city of Burnsville. Uh, eventually. <laughs> eventually. So The people uh, who are in that building have not moved out yet, but they're paying us rent. So we're, we're being good stewards of our finances, if anyone's wondering. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a financial blessing that they're still in there, and then we'll eventually get in. I want to talk about power of an invite just real quick from this weekend. Uh, we talked from John chapter one and this moment where Jesus meets Andrew and also meets Philip. Andrew then goes, talks to his brother, Simon. Simon is then his name's changed to Peter. And then Philip and go, goes and finds his, his friend, Nathaniel. And it's just this awesome moment of I encounter Jesus and automatically, without being told, I'm going to tell other people. I'm going to invite other people. I want to go make an introduction. And I just think that that's powerful. There, just We don't have to spend much time on this topic, but for you that are listening, Pastor Rob is getting ready to cast vision for 2024. And without leaking what is the vision for our church going into the next year, I'll just leak uh, just a a snippet of what is vision and what is coming. And it is to grow in this urgency and this desire to get more people to the table, more people into the family of God, more people to our church and to see our church grow, which is going to, it's, there's going to be this call to our church to invite 
daily, to invite daily? What would it look like if you had a mandate from heaven to invite daily? Hey, has anybody invited you to church before? I'm a part of this church called River Valley, and I would love to invite you to come experience what church is all about. Would you come sit next to me? I can pick you up. I I can bring you. I can bring your kids. I would love to have you come be a part of our church. And what would it look like if there's a mandate from God for you to invite every single day? As a pastor, sometimes I get kind of sucked into the world of I'm, I'm around other ministry leaders, other pastors. We just did that round table. I'm around uh, other Christians. I'm running a small group in my home with other Christians. I'm doing midweek ministry. And I got to get back in the game of, uh, am I in the world, not of it? And am, am I inviting daily, even as a pastor? And so for you as a congregation member, if you, I think this is awesome anticipatory leadership. You know the vision's coming in 2024 that we're going to be inviting daily. There's going to be an urgency to grow. And Pastor Rob is going to lay out what the vision is fully. But do you want to anticipate that by finishing the year strong and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a mission to see my whole neighborhood invited to church participate. We've got Candy Palooza coming up in two weeks. Uh, it's the, it's the last weekend in October and invite, it's the perfect weekend to invite the whole neighborhood, especially if you're in a neighborhood full of kids, invite them that weekend. The kids are going to hear about Jesus and they're leaving with a bag of candy. Is, is that Ted Cunningham? Did he record a message? For Ted that? Cunningham recorded a message and he's he's not a comedian but he's hilarious yeah. and he taught a message uh we pre-recorded he taught a message on raising godly children and so your neighbors if they come and if they bring their children their kids are going to hear about Jesus the kids are going to leave with a bag of candy uh they're going to have the time of their life in church which is amazing and your neighbors the parents are going to hear about what it looks like to raise godly children that's awesome one of the things that I was thinking about this weekend I was at Chaska campus first time there yep. at Chaska, which was awesome. Uh, love. Now I can say I've been to all campuses again because I couldn't say that before. Because uh, of Chaska. Yeah, because Chaska. But I've now been to all the campuses once again. And what I was thinking about with the power of invitation, and Dave did a great job with this, but what is holding me back from inviting somebody? And I'd be curious, actually, for people who are listening, if you would, feel free to DM us or send this to the River Valley DM, but even DM Kirk and I. Mm-hmm. Like what, if there are things that, that come to mind, what are the things that come to mind that inhibit you from inviting people? Like is it fear or is it I don't feel like people will understand church or wh- like whatever it is. Or maybe there's things as, as a church we do that actually inhibit people from inviting people. Like, oh, it's the parking is too crazy or the music's too loud. Yeah, music's too loud. Like, honestly, like it may seem like a criticism. I'm opening it up right now. You can tell us. doesn't mean we, we'll say that we're going to change everything. But I do. I, w- I would be curious as if anyone is listening that wants to send a response of why it's the case. Because, you know, Mac and I were – like I've never seen her so excited to invite people to church. She's awesome. so excited and just like I mean, she gets people all the time coming and you know different people that work at their stores and all that. Got to see um, people from at, at Chaska actually that uh, currently own the uh, mainstream in Savage. You know, yep. and it's like oh my gosh, didn't even know you were going there, which is awesome. So I just think that what is it that's holding you back? Because if, if we've really been changed, if it, if God has really saved us from hell, and we've talked about this, has been... <laughs> and if we enjoy our church. Right, right. Like, it's, we enjoy coming to church, right? Right. 
and 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 then you hear the stats about 80% of people and maybe those stats are a little old now and it's 60%. Even if it was 20% in a job like for people let's say people who are in sales that are listening right now. If we said 20% of the people that you call are going to say yes to the product you're selling. You would call everybody. And that's just to make money, oh, yeah. not for your eternity. And I'm speaking to myself here as a pastor. Like, why do I not invite as many people to church? What is the answer? You know, and I think, again, there's some practical reasons, but I think more of it's just fear that we are afraid of what people are going to think about us. And I think that's something we need to get over and recognize that. We need to be afraid of what is the Lord going to say? Look at all the people I put in your yeah. path that you could have invited. Look at your neighbor. Look at your coworker. Look at your family member that you could have invited. It's not up to us as to what they do when we invite them. If they don't raise their hand for salvation or get into a small group, it's not a failure. We're not going to keep you accountable for that. Oh, the people you brought, man, can't believe it. They were smoking outside. No, we <gasps> want people to come into our church. I went to Egan one time, and I thought they had a smoking small group <laughs> outside in the parking lot. I mean, there was a there was a whole crew out there smoking cigarettes and I, I went and hung out and met them and then they came and sat in the front row and worshiped their hearts out praise god come on praise god um i, I love that you said salesman uh like if you're a salesperson imagine if if the lord put on your quota you got to hit 365 invites in 2024 <laughs> you got to do it are you gonna yeah. hit your quota or not and what would you do creatively to get one-on-one uh, -on -one invites to get groups together to people in your workplace, neighborhood, do a neighborhood outreach, run a VBS next year. Like, w what if you knew it was from heaven? You got to get 365 invites. Would you hit that quota? And maybe your personality doesn't like that pressure. My personality kind of likes that. It's like, man, that's that might be something I put in as a 2024 goal is I'm inviting 365 people to church in 2024 and why wait to 2024 let's finish the year strong so good well i want to end with prayer requests as you always do before that i want to share a praise report i was talking to becky from chaska and she shared she listens to the podcast i don't think her husband does but if he does loved having you at church but he for the first time in 31 years he came to church with her and it was amazing. She shared that with me, and she said she listens to the podcast. So I want to give a shout-out to you, Becky, and for your husband who came to church. And we're praying that he'd come back, that he would experience freedom, that you'd be able to go to church together. And just like you go to sports team, sports games together and get into football, that you could get into church and just be yeah. excited about all that God has. So, Becky, we're praying for you. We're celebrating with you, and it's amazing to see it. So we're just praying continually for people like Becky's husband, like other people that maybe have been on the fence but say, I want to come and I want to get involved and I want to experience life change. And uh, I'm praying for many people. There's obviously a lot of requests that are coming in from the app today. Uh, praying for Thomas. He said, I need inspiration and motivation. Praying for Kate, for her son Alex uh, that's developed uh, schizophrenia, that he would be delivered and that he would find a living arrangement praying for resources. Matthew's wife, Joe, starts a new job today. That all the fears and anxiety be cast aside, she walks in purpose. Congrats. And congrats, Joe. Uh, Emily's praying for wellness ahead of uh, extended family that they're going to see at the end of this week. It's been a long time since they've all been together. I want to pray that everyone will be well, healthy, emotionally, physically, praying for them, obviously getting together with extended family. There can be a lot of mixed emotions, understandable. Hero says, life is confusing in general. Praying for clarity. God's will would be done. Life is confusing. That is a very accurate 
statement. Uh, Courtney said she's had head and neck pain for about five months, getting discouraged. I've tried a bunch of things and received lots of prayer, but still there, and so that I can fall asleep at night. Rebecca says, praying for my friend's brother, Brian, who's uh, had a history of brain surgeries and recently had a seizure, fell in his head, is in the ICU, and needs more surgery, praying healing for Brian. And then lastly, praying for Kate, for her brother David, who's recovering from a surgery, um, and now work, you're working from his home to provide care for him during the day. So we pray for him as he recently rededicated his life to the Lord, and I want to be an encouragement to him. Praise God for that, and pray healing after the surgery. Kirk, you want to A lot to of needs, and, uh, and there's a lot of needs across our church, not just the ones that were read, but also a lot of answered prayer. And just encourage you as you're listening to the podcast, if you make it to the end each week, as Logan is reading the needs, you can just pray as he's reading. Yeah. Just, just pray over each one of those situations. But we're going to pray right now. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you know every one of these people. You know every single need, and you're the designer so you created us, and so everything that is broken, you have the solution in how to put it back together, and you are able to do it. Um, every problem, every physical problem, every emotional problem, every relational problem, every provisional problem, uh, Lord, you are the designer, therefore you have the solution. And I thank you that you are the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we read in Scripture that you healed somebody's body, it means that today in, in 2023 or whenever the person's listening to this podcast episode, it means that today you're able to do the same thing. And so I thank you that today you're able to heal, you're able to restore, you're able to comfort, you're able to remove anxiety, you're able to provide in supernatural ways. I thank you for uh, just some of these testimonies, their prayer requests and testimonies. The person got a new job. Thank you that that's an answered prayer, and it's attached to a new prayer request that they would succeed in that job, that they wouldn't be nervous, that they'd be confident, that they'd be gifted. Um, and so, Lord, I just pray not only that you'd answer these prayers, but that you would bless our church that your hand of blessing would be on our church. You'd enlarge our territory. You'd keep the hand of the enemy far away. Uh, we thank you that your hand is on each person in our church, each family. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're two or more gathered together in your name. You promise you inhabit and dwell within our praise. Not here for blessing, we're here to be amazed by you, our God. We want to see our sides of your glory, the whispers and the roaring. Are you worthy? Are you holy? We want all of you and more. Show us the Of who you are, we 
Hey, thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.